Cable news, noisy, boring, out of touch. That's why Salem News Channel is different. We keep you in the know. Streaming 24-7 for free. Home to the greatest collection of conservative voices like Dennis Prager, Jay Sekulow, Mike Gallagher, and more. Salem News Channel is unfiltered and unapologetic. Watch anytime, on any screen, at snc.tv and local now, channel 525. And welcome to another edition of Across the County. I'm Noah. Thanks for joining me. Well, when I want stimulating intellectual conversation that makes a difference at the end of the day, I always turn to one of my favorite people on this earth, and that's William Sylvanius. Go to williamsylvanius.com, find out a little bit more about all of his amazing works. He's a speaker, a change architect, and that's what it's all about. He's also a coach. And he teaches us so many different things. Don't get stuck in that echo chamber. Just going to say that right off the bat. More about that at his website. He's also one of the founding members of the 5% Project. Check out that, the number 5percentproject.com. With that said, William, welcome back to the show, my friend. It is good to have you on. So much to talk about. Certainly a lot to talk about, and it's always good to be on. Well, thanks for coming on the show, and we're going to have just stimulating conversation here. I was going over some of the notes you sent me, actually, that are excerpts from one of the presentations that you gave, and two words popped into my mind, and I want you to respond. Integrity, crisis. (laughs) Yeah, I think that's a good way to do it, uh, to say it. We are facing an integrity crisis on multiple layers in our culture and in our politics, um, in our business. And it's very trickled down. I mean, I think, this is just me, you can comment on this, and obviously there's always room for improvement. I think culturally, we were doing, up till about a year and a half ago, not terribly bad. We were making strides as a society. And the divisiveness that has taken place just over the last year and a half, and I'm not going to point fingers at any particular party or ideology, because I think a little bit of it comes from just about everywhere. It seems that this country is now divided, it is skewed, and we've gotten away from what really brings us together as a society. Yeah, and I think... um this has been building um, from what I see and for some of the people I network, they're saying a similar thing is that a lot of this started kind of in the nineties, at least by the late nineties. And it has to do with changing our expectations and how we talk to one another. It has to do with some changing rules and politics and just, uh, it's like our mindset has gone to a different place. Oh, you hit the nail right on the head there. And wrapping politics into it, I think why a lot of people are frustrated is because they see what's coming out of politicians. Again, both sides of the aisle, there are two sets of rules in this country. There's one set for the people that run the show, and there's another set for people like you and me that are trying to live our daily lives, fulfill our dreams, and take care of our families. What do you think? I think uh, that seems to be generally true from the uh, conversations I've had and also from some of the more recent uh, 
research on the issue, going out to the people to do direct in, uh, research rather than manipulated research. Uh, people really do have a greater sense of what we are and what we stand for and what we want and what we expect than the news or the politicians seem to be on board with. I think also we have a greater sense of that than even, I'm afraid, our business environment has. It's, uh, it's very interesting. Education has also got wrapped up in that deal, so. I'm hitting everybody today, I guess. Sorry. <laughs> well, hey, that's how we actually get back on track, I believe, culturally, as a society, as individuals. It's all about seeing where our flaws happen to be, examining ourselves. You and I, as you and I are talking, often we agree, sometimes we don't, but we learn things from one another, and that's what it's all about. So given this integrity crisis... Something you told me off the air right before we got started, which I find fascinating and we can bring into the discussion right away. What is invitational rhetoric? Invitational rhetoric, without going kind of into the academic side of it, is invitational rhetoric is approaching talk with the idea that you're going to seek to understand the other person. You're not going in this to convince them. We know from research that very little said and done actually changes somebody's mind, uh, which, of course, undergirds all this having to fight to get things, you know. But invitational rhetoric goes in saying, let's understand each other. Let's something you hear me say often. Let's value each other first as being equally human beings and then I want to understand where you're coming from. I want to understand what your words mean. I want to understand what your values are that, that drive you to the point or to the kind of rhetoric that you're using. And I will be willing to also provide you with the, the opposite, my own stance. Uh, not in a way that I'm going to convince you. I just want you to see if you can understand where I'm coming from. That's just like that's a giant change. Uh, in thinking and in, in approach. Because a lot of that, I mean, you, you're so right on that. In politics, especially if there's people that aren't even in politics, but they follow politics, they always think, hey, I'm having a discussion with somebody on the other side of the aisle. It's my job, as you just said, it's my job to convince them. I'm going to change their mind. Well, most likely, unless you give them some earth-shattering idea they've never heard about, you're not going to change their mind. I think it's a lot healthier having them understand why you believe what you believe. It might actually be a lot more likely that you can come to an agreement that kind of meets halfway if you both understand each other. You know, there's another side to this as well. In, other, in order for you to help someone understand why you believe what you believe, you're going to have to figure that out for yourself to begin with. Am I understanding this? Really, is it coming from a value inside of me? Where is this coming from? Or am I just parroting words that I've heard and that I've never examined? Back to the echo chamber. Yeah. But we get taught that in some ways from being from childhood. And it's because it's necessary to degree in that parents have to guide us and help us be safe in the world, those types of things. So we learn to accept some statements as just, this is what it is. This is the truth. They become what we call our worldview. And we don't necessarily get taught how to examine that then as we become adults to see, okay, now you've learned this. 
but now you need to figure out the why for yourself so that you know that you can embrace it. This is now your belief, not just what you've been taught. And I don't think we really teach that skill a whole lot. Oh, we don't. And the why is so important. It's something I always ask myself when I'm thinking about a particular issue, whether it's just life or if it does involve politics, there has to be a reason why somebody is either doing or saying something, including yourself. And if that why doesn't align with your internal values, the answer is pretty easy if you need to maybe start thinking in a different direction. And that's another key word you use there, values. A lot of times, for too many people, we don't know what our values are. We live on such a shallow level of thinking that we don't, we don't look inside and say, well, yeah, I think this because of X, Y, Z. I think this because my dad told me, my mom told me, I repeat those things we hear on the radio or that we read in the books that this is why we think this type of thing. But we don't say, well, yeah, I think this because I think all people should be treated as humans. I, I think this because people should be able to keep living. I think this because it matches what, uh, in our case, uh, as Christians, it matches what our Savior demonstrated to us. How to, and he, the way he treats us personally, I mean... Then you're getting into your values rather than just reasons. I think a lot of times we confuse reasons and values. It's very true, and they're two different things. Noah here and across the county. William Sylvani is my guest. Glad to have him back on the show as always. He's a speaker and change architect, a coach, so much more. WilliamSylvanius.com. Also, check out his 5% project, the number 5% project.com. So let's look into the solutions here personally. Let's leave the political world behind a little bit because uh, that's going to be what that's going to be. And we we can banter about solutions there. But as Americans, as people that just want to better ourselves, our families and society, what do we do to not get caught in our own echo chamber? What do we do to be able to communicate better and to understand people and not just be so caught up in our particular way of thinking? Oh, now that's a really difficult question sometimes. Um, it just, it's just not a simple, you know, hey, let's do this and it's going to fix itself. Well, it's about cooperation and, and having that healthy dialogue. Y- you can't just expect people to come together if you're not coming together. There was something, what was it, International Handshake Day? You guys, you did something with just, reaching out and giving a handshake to somebody that doesn't believe in what you believe in. And that uh, there's a whole lot of there there with just a simple handshake. Yeah. And in doing that in, I think I've talked to you about this, but not on the air in the one that I performed here in Nebraska, where I'm located, I had people who come, but I had a combination. Some people were afraid to actually come on over where they could talk. I had to go out and get them before they could feel safe. And some came and they told me later, they came prepared for a fight. They just didn't, they just automatically, well, they, before they came, they, they laid, laid out in their mind, what are the points they want to say? What are the things they want to punch holes in for the other guy? 
they didn't come to just shake a hand and see someone as another human being. They were so caught up in that way of approaching things that a simple handshake was afraid, uh, produced fear in them, an invitation to a handshake. That was terrible. Then down in Texas, we had a, a different level of comeback. Uh, our member there who uh, did his handshake out in the park and had people who were really enthusiastic, but when he got started, there were these cars that kept driving around the park. The park set between two highways, and driving around and around the park. They had flags, they had banners, they were shouting, they had bullhorns, they had everything. They were both sides of the issues that divide us. And they were all there, just turning his come to a handshake into a demonstration of, no, we want to fight. And I was like, okay, so this was, come watch a liberal shake hands with a conservative, come watch a conservative shake hands with a liberal to show that, yes, we can get along. And look at all that baggage of fear, and then down there actually organized fear-mongering to try and prevent something so simple and so at the heart of what I think Americans want. And I want to point out, too, when you say uh, physical or when you say fight or punch holes in, you're not talking about physical confrontation. You're just talking about pushback from the other side. So nothing's gotten violent. And you guys, the 5% Project, it's a neutral, nonviolent, nonpartisan gathering of people. And that's what you guys hold true to. But there's some people that just don't want to see that true reaching across the aisle, William. And that just breaks my heart because at the end of the day, that, that with God on our side and keeping him at the center of everything, that's what's going to repair this country. And I think the only way we're going to help that breakthrough is find more ways that we literally are demonstrating it. We got to get some of this good beliefs that are inside of us out into action. We've got to look at how we talk. Now I'm getting back to your question, aren't I? You are. We have to look at how we personally talk and say, wow, am I doing this kind of thing that pushes buttons? Am I doing it on purpose? Am I doing it accidentally? Or am I doing something that invites this person to connect with me as a person, not as some label or some issue or something that way, but to, to just to, to come together and to understand, am I really promoting that? Do I really want that? Or is my mind spent more time, does it spend more time spinning around issues and all of this stuff and not looking at the human beings that even the ones that are in the news that seem to be having the most trouble. We need to get where we look at each other. As you know, that's a human just like me. And if they can get that way, so can I. Oh, how am I looking that way to them? What am I doing that's saying the same thing and I'm not seeing it in myself? That self-examination is going to be really important. Yes, but then demonstrating it through your words, your actions, who you reach out to, all of that, uh, then it gets what you've learned by that self-introspection out and being vulnerable with others. You know, it could even start with, you know, this politics thing has been really making me wild and crazy lately. And I sat down and I looked at myself and I decided, wait a minute, I'm a part of the problem. 
Yeah, sometimes we get so passionate about what we talk about when it comes to certain issues. And some of us, you know, it just relates a little bit more personally in certain aspects. The way that we convey our message, the way that we talk about it. And I think to some extent, everybody's a little guilty of it. You go, oh, well, I didn't realize I said it that way. I know what I said. But they don't take the time to really examine how they're saying it and how sometimes, you know, it can maybe come across not how they had hoped. And so that's why it's always important to just take a step back, examine how you're speaking, and then maybe try and get across what you're trying to say in a little bit more of a non-confrontational manner, more respectful manner. Yeah, and, you know, one of the things about passion it has two faces to it. The one face drives us to action because passion is driven somewhere inside of us by belief and longing. But the other side of passion is that it's also extremely emotional. So it's both rational and emotional. And when the emotional side is what we're showing out there without the rational backing it up, then we have more of this, what I call fight and flight, where you're just, where you're throwing stones at each other or, or talking over each other, those kind of other things that I use. Yeah, and certain people are very good at the balance, and they can get emotional and passionate and also remain rational and collected at the same time, but not everybody. And so you have to listen to what you say, how you say it, and say, do I have that balance? And if you don't, there are techniques, there are things that you can do and to be able to get a little bit more evened out. And that's one of the good things about us human beings. When we really want to learn something, we find a way to do it. Our minds are so amazing that they can pull things out of our memory banks that we didn't even realize were there, that then are combined and we start finding those solutions and then we start seeing them and what other people are saying or we start looking on the internet for something specific that takes me off of this emotional high and into this rational uh, look at myself. Uh, but we, we are that way. It's not like something that we don't have within us. We have it within us. And it's just a matter of what we focus on is where we put our effort. Instead of, and so changing our focus is so important. Now, back on the uh, talking to people, or listening to people. I know people and I admire them. They listen to radio, television, individuals who have the opposite of their own beliefs. And they do it on purpose. But they listen not for what's wrong with them, but they listen to see what they're saying. What what are their hot buttons? What are the things that make them move over into totally emotional rather than just talking about the issue? Uh, you know, when we get that skill and we can practice it by listening to others and by one-on-one, uh, when we develop that skill, then it's easier in those one-on-one conversations or when we're going to present something and someone may likely come back for us to hear those points that are very human and allow us to have empathy. Empathy is such a big thing, and we we talk a lot about empathy, and what we say is shows that we're really talking about sympathy. Empathy is understanding. Empathy is recognizing uh, something in another person, 
uh, and and having a, vi- a way to value that that thing, even if we don't like it, because we value this humanity and the way we're made up that brings us to these very different conclusions. Another point you just hit right on the head there, William, is, and go figure, because we've heard this most of us our entire lifetime, listen more than you speak. Probably your parents, one or both of them, your grandparents told you this. I know my parents and grandparents did. You learn so much more by using your ears than you do with using your mouth. And that way, when you do use your mouth, you can have a more authentic conversation. I think it, it's kind of been joked about. That's why God gave us two ears and one mouth. <laughs> yep. And guess what's bigger than both of them? Our brain. That's right. That's right. And speaking of brains, you know, it's really sad what's going on. Not all, but in most of our schools and universities. I mean, the indoctrination on so many levels is just thick. And they teach the opposite of what we're talking about, to not listen, to speak out with emotion, not to have that balance. Hey, what you're passionate about, you need to just let it fly and let people hear you at the peak of whatever your passion is, and to be able to make sure that their point isn't able to get across. The more you speak, the more you're going to be heard, the more you're heard, the more that they're going to listen to you and things are going to change. And it's really sad what's going on in our university system, William. And that's another place where ethics and integrity has really down-spiraled. It has. Um, and it's been, it's been very disturbing to watch it over the years. I saw it coming quite a few years ago. Uh, it first kind of got vocalized when people started talking about political correctness and some of these things. And then that uh, made our awareness greater and we're going like, whoa, whoa. And then it just continued. Now there's some structural things underneath and those are not the kind of things that I can deal with here today. But what's happened in our universities is that they have turned to being systems of indoctrination rather than discovery. The idea behind universities when they were first started and Universities were the most part started either with Christianity or some other strong religion, but most of them came through Christianity. And the idea was that they were a place where free expression and exchange of ideas could take place. Now that also, that gave you the ability to learn things you didn't know. It gave you the ability to develop skills in dealing with people who don't believe as you do or don't see things in the world the way you do gave you the ability to think more, what we saw in that, not as called critical thinking. Uh, it was about shaping our ability to learn, not telling us what we have to learn, and not indoctrinating in a specific issue. Oh, most universities you go to now, again, not all of them, this is not a blanket statement, but you go to university and it's almost, if you want to grade, if you want to pass, you have to subscribe to our way of thinking, regardless of what you thought coming in, or you're not going to get through this program. That is just sad. It breaks my heart that some of these kids, they want to learn, they want to grow, and they might come from a good Christian background, and these schools are going completely against what they believe in, which is fine if they allow discussion, but they're not allowing the discussion, William. 
Yeah, yeah, that's true. I remember my son was taking several classes where he had professors like that. Uh, he was at a oh, a very high academic school down in the south, and he would be so frustrated. And he said, well, if I say what I want to say, then I'll not get a good grade. And I said, you know, I hate to tell you this, son, but if you want the grade, you're going to have to write the test answers to the way you, what that professor wants to hear. Uh, so to keep your integrity, you're going to have to find a way to state those things that doesn't claim them as your own. And you know, that's a real tricky thing to learn. Tricky. So I mean, you got to do the analysis and maybe try and be convincing, even if it's not true to your authentic self. I'm glad I never had to go through that, and I can't imagine how difficult it is. It, it can be. The thing that there's some positive things happening, though. You know, I we talk so much about the the things that need fixed. But there's a man that I recommend people to take a look at. Yeah, let's let's end this on a positive. I have one more point to make, but let's right now, let's try and end this as we wrap up on a positive note. His name is Jonathan Haidt, H-A-I-D-T. And he's one of the people who is trying to fight against the things you and I have been talking about, but he's now taking on the fight of the university. He's a very well-respected man, very high academic placement, and he has started a, a group of uh, like-minded professors who are saying, we, want, we have to return our universities to being a place of free expression and an exchange of ideas without judgment and putting people down. And it's nice. I mean, that's coming right from within the heart of it by some of their best scholars. And that gives me a lot of hope. That gives me so much hope, William. I'm glad you mentioned his name. I'm going to look him up right after the show. And I will tell you, it's that, somebody that's so respected, and he sees, hey, this is the problem. And I think this may be how we get a big part of our country back, because it really is with the youth of America. And if we can change the tide and change the culture from that very young age to have this exchange of ideas, the freedom to talk back and forth and debate, we may get headed in the right direction. Truly believe that. I do too. I really think that's true. And the other thing I know is that from talking to so many of these young people, both still in high school and all the way up, they are upset with the system too. And they, even though they may be co-opted into it, there's a part of them that says, I want free. I want free. And that can be uh, appealed to, and it can go faster than we think. Well, in the last 90 seconds, we have William, William Sylvanius on my show. Love having him on. Go to williamsylvanius.com. Check out all about his ideas, the way he thinks, and trying to get this country back to where it needs to be. I, I think it's it's been slowly on the decline for just just the last couple of decades it's had its its ups and its downs but we're just not in a good place right now a lot of people can agree with that how do the universities and schools and the political realm and us as american citizens how do we get back the integrity how do we get back the ethics do we start it at the, at the family level do you, you know you make sure you're communicating with your kids and tell them how to be respectful and how to have that healthy debate with one another where does it start where does it end well, I had a privilege recently to speak to a group of youth uh, in Sierra Leone, and that same kind of question was asked. 
And it begins with us, no matter what we work in, what level we are in life and job and everything else. It starts with us teaching it to the kids, sharing it with people we know, uh, letting folks know that, hey, this is an expectation that we can reach uh, because we know their hearts are longing for it. It starts with us starting to talk no matter where we are and not stepping back fearful, but in a nice, calm way, make those comments, those, those uh, conversations where we can connect. If we can connect to the heart, then our hearts will connect to one another and everything won't be perfect. No, no, no. But we will at least be in a position to move forward. That is great. And most of this conversation has taken uh, notes from this great talk you gave in Sierra Leone. And thank you for sharing a little bit of that with us. And I just knew when I saw this in the email you sent me, we had to talk about most of this so important in, I believe, all of it, getting our country back. And part of that also is what is the 5% Project, the number 5%project.com. But I know it's a huge passion of yours, and so we'll get an update next time on that. Thanks for taking the time and coming on and talking about integrity and ethics. And I really, truly believe that each of us can make a difference in ending this integrity crisis and getting this country back. And I'm right with you. I believe that's the key and that we can do it. I think we have every reason to hope. And when our despair sits in, we just need to say, no, it doesn't have to be that way and move towards the hope. Amen to that, brother. Well, William Sylvanius, speaker, change, architect. Check him out, williamsylvanius.com. And I'm going to try and get you on for another great conversation, William. Not too distant in the future. Thanks for taking the time today. My pleasure, as always. Thank you. Noah here and across the county. Go to williamsylvanius.com. Stay tuned. There's more coming up. Is your check engine light on? Let our professional parts people scan and diagnose the problem for free. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, oh. 